In today's episode, I sit down with Angelia, who is a local comic and a good friend. She explains to me how she gets by and makes me laugh along the way. My name is Monica, and this is how we get by. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, hi, I am here with Angelia. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good, thank you. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm a woman. <laughs> I am from Scranton, Pennsylvania. I'm in my early 30s. Nice. I just turned 31. I feel like I, feel like I should make that clear. Early 30s could be like 33. True. Also. I do stand-up comedy. Yeah, and I have jobs. A couple jobs. And I breathe every day. Okay. And pay taxes, unfortunately. Wow. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what mental health looks like for you? If you have any struggles or illnesses? I feel like everyone has yeah. mental health struggles. I think everyone's fucked up. Can I curse? Yeah, I think everyone's fucked up. For me, I don't really know if I'm mentally ill. I've been going to therapy for a long time. I would always tell my therapist, like, tell me what's wrong with me. Tell me what's wrong with me. Like, what do you think it is? And she's like, why are you so fixated on there being something wrong with you? There doesn't need to be anything wrong with you. You can just be here and talk. You don't need to be bipolar. You don't need to be, you know what I mean? You don't need to be any of those things. <laughs> so do you like that? Mm, yes and no. I did. I was, I was diagnosed with ADHD. Okay. So I don't know if that counts as a yeah. mental illness. For me, it impacted a lot of my life. Like I probably should have been diagnosed in middle school. And I wasn't. Looking back and seeing, so I wasn't diagnosed until a year and a half ago. And I was against it, and I didn't want anything to be wrong with me, and I didn't want to take the test, and I didn't want to go on medicine. When I look back on all of the things in my life that could have been different if I was just in a different mindset or being the best version of myself that I can be or not being, like, a frantic spaz case, like, I was just like, fuck, like, you know, like, maybe I should do this. So I think maybe that's probably what it's like with a lot of different things, you know, and I've been teetering too along the lines of, am I depressed? Or is there just, or am I just smart enough to realize all the fucking bullshit that there is in the world? Or is it both? Or is there toxic mold in my girlfriend's bathroom? Like, it's <laughs> one of those three things. I don't know. <laughs> I'm hoping for the mold, though. <laughs> um, don't look around my apartment. <laughs> no, that's funny. Okay, so, so many points there. Wow, that's... Okay, so first of all, how do you think that ADHD being undiagnosed affected your development? Oh, my God. So let's just start like short and sweet. At the beginning of high school, I start off in like all honors classes. You know, I was a smart kid. Just from like, not doing my homework, not paying attention, I got kicked out of like social studies. So then the next year I was in three of them. And then just from not doing my homework, not doing whatever, I got kicked out of the science one. So finally, 
senior year, all that was left was English, because I was actually pretty decent at that. And I was in AP English with Mr. Mazzino. Yes, Mazzino. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he gave us books to read, and you had to take a test on them besides your normal classwork. And the play was going on at the same time along with college application papers and I can only hyper focus on one thing at a time so I just didn't I showed up I like didn't do well obviously and he's like you didn't read the book he's like listen like don't show up to play practice read the book come back in you can do a redo of the test and I was like okay and I didn't and I couldn't and I got kicked out of AP English and moved to regular English I had a bunch of college applications piled up and never submitted not one of them in. And I had no one in my life that was like, hey, yo, were you going to, like, apply to this college? Like, didn't you get this application? Like, do you need money? Do you need a check? Like, did you mail it out? Nothing. And no one was like, hmm, why is Angelia dropping out of these classes? I ended up being on restricted movement because I would just go hide in, like, the freaking drama room and just, like, I don't know. I just was never, you know what I mean? Like, things were just, I would forget shit all the time, like... And how did that feel? Like, did you internalize that, especially not knowing that you had ADHD? So did you? Yeah, it, what was worse was in college, too, that happens. Like, I had to take a class over because I didn't know how to study. And also when I want to talk about with ADHD, um, the emotional part of it, I'll hyper focus on something or I won't be able to focus at all. If I'm feeling very, very emotional, I literally cannot handle anything else. You know, I was in college, and I went through a difficult time, and boom, D in a class. Have to retake the whole class the next year, and then end up not getting into the major that you want to, and having to graduate early because you just couldn't fucking do it. And now I have a $3,000 bill that I owe for early withdrawal, but if I had known I had ADHD back then, I could have submitted the medical thing, gotten out of it, and picked up the next semester just fine, and I would have been, I'd be in a whole different place right now, too, but I had no fucking idea. I just kept going through life, you know, with, now I have an associate's degree, you know, not paying bills, or being okay, just, like, skating by on the seat of my ass, like, getting a ticket, and waiting until my license gets suspended to pay it. How did you figure out that you had ADHD? So my sister was diagnosed with it and my parents tried to make it seem like she just wanted the medicine. I was a lot like my sister and I started noticing different things and I started looking into it and I started thinking about it and I was really afraid of drugs. I remember her telling that she her telling me that she gave my sister Maria something to like do a college paper. I was like, huh, Maria doesn't do anything. Like, if she can take it, I can try it. And I thought I was going to be, like, up all night, like, like a nutcase, like, on crack. And I felt so level-headed. I was able to do everything that I was supposed to do in the day, like, in order, without like, rushing around. It was the craziest fucking thing that ever happened. And I was like, I think I'm ADHD. And then I just kind of, like, shoved it around, shoved it around, like, played with it for a little while. Once I started going to a therapist and I started talking about it and I would say, like, you know, my father, definitely ADHD, like, undiagnosed, as well as my sister, probably my younger brother. And, she, you know, she was telling me how a lot of the times undi undiagnosed ADHD can mask as anxiety and racing thoughts and things like that. And I was like, oh, my God, that's totally me. When I have a bad day, like, if I don't, and I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't take my medicine. 
when I take my medicine, I'm not even as crazy emotional. Like the anxiety isn't present. Yeah. It's not there like that. It's, wow. it's weird. Wow. Yeah. But I also am just like, should I take it every day? Because I don't want my heart to explode. <sighs> I don't want your heart to explode either. That sounds terrible. Um, yeah, I wish I had advice on that. But I will ask you, so how has your life changed now that you have the diagnosis? I'm aware of of the choices I make and what I do that relates to it. And I think that it's helping me kind of like get my life in order a little bit but then like, it's weird because like, you take that and then like there's other elements too like you start with a depression and you're like fuck okay I'm staying on task and I'm doing what I need to do but like why am I sad and why do I feel this way is it because my mother is depressed or is it because I'm depressed or is it because there's toxic mold in my girlfriend's bathroom so <laughs> <laughs> yeah I understand though I understand especially looking for an answer it's interesting that your therapist has never given you like, a diagnosis. No, so we've talked about borderline personality. I have a family member, like one of my siblings is definitely. We're so similar, but she's like times a thousand like, on a whole different level. The emotions are the same. Even like, the actions might be the same or like, coming from the same root the same type of action just on a magnified level but she would also say to me that borderline personality disorder isn't really a mental illness it's more of like stuff stemming from childhood trauma due to like validation issues and parents being emotionally unavailable and things like that so she's like it's really just your inner child demanding what it needs and wants it's not necessarily like, a chemical imbalance she thinks you have to do Inner work. I see that for sure. I do too because me and my siblings are all so similar. You know, you look to how you were raised and you think everything's perfect and then you realize there there wasn't any emotion. There wasn't any real love and it affected us all so similar but differently. But I'm like, fuck, okay. I'm not crazy. I'm just the recipient of decades of trauma. <laughs> right. Kurt Vonnegut, one of his lines is, we are all a victim of a series of accidents. Yeah. And I think of that in a positive way, and I think of it in a negative way, where it's both, like, I think about the positive things like family members have done in mm -hmm. the past. Yeah. For example, this may not sound positive, but my grandmother, like, my grandmother snuck out of her house to meet my grandfather the night before he went to war, but she wasn't allowed to see him because he was Lebanese and she mm -hmm. was Polish, so she knew that her, her mom would beat her if she found out, and she went anyway, and she got caught, and she got beat for it but I often think that if my grandmother didn't go like maybe he, they wouldn't have gotten married yeah. and I you know so I often think of those in happy ways but it's also negative ways too where you have all of this trauma that 
is kind of carried over from generations and it's hard to really blame one generation or one person or because it's just carried down. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the trauma and who you can blame. True, but, true. I, that is very true. But I yeah, agree with you. The degree of like, trauma. Like, yeah. In my family, I can pinpoint it down to one person. Yeah. Right. But and then it's just like, do you? I mean, never mind. It's like, do you get mad at your parents for letting you know these things, these traumatic things? Yeah. Or do you thank them because you have clarity on why everyone is the way they are and you can kind of work to forgive them? I had a family member find out after their parents died that her dad may not have been her dad. Oh, shit. So I don't know what's worse. Like, I don't know if it's worse that she found out after, because then she couldn't go to them and ask them yeah. any questions, and nobody else in the family would speak with her yeah. about it. I think that's very traumatic. Yeah. But then the flip side is also, like, I could be blissfully unaware of this, but in your case, who knows? Yeah. It could come out later, so mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Steph. I went to my mom at one point, and I asked her, like, is there some kind of trauma that I'm repressing because yeah. something's wrong with me and we can't figure out what it is, but I don't know. So it's tough. Well, let's get into the questions. Okay. So we have five, four questions, um, but I'm sure that'll be plenty unless you just came up with another. First question. This is Angelia's question. Do you think mental health issues stem from genetics or life experience? Yeah. Should yeah. I answer first? So the old nature versus nurture. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you want to, or I can. It doesn't matter. Me. Uh -huh. Okay. So I think, honestly, I think it's a mixed approach. It's so hard. This is something that we could definitely talk for hours about. <laughs> I love this question. I think that genetics play a part, but I think if somebody has the gene pool for depression, they may not see the effects of that until later in life when they're already developed. But if they are triggered at a young age, then that stuff starts crashing in sooner. So I feel like it is a little bit of both, but... I will say hands down that I think in all of my personal research, I believe that one of the biggest issues facing our society is the breakdown of a family. And I hate to say that because I don't think everyone's family needs to look the same, but the lack of support that children have right now, I think is one of the biggest issues. And you can see that a lot in our generation. I definitely think that nurture is so important probably more important than genetic yeah i agree with you i mean i think it's a combination of both like, obviously like, schizophrenia and things like that are genetic and like you can't help that but i also think that if you grow up with support you're probably it's probably, you're probably gonna be a lot better off and have a lot better chance of managing it or having it at a lower threshold in your life but yeah if are around trauma from a young age, it can probably trigger it. And absolutely. 
looking back, there's like some mental health shit in my family, but I thought my family was perfect. And they're not bad. Like, I had a happy childhood. I wasn't abused. I mean, like, I was spanked, but that's okay. I, I'll beat my children, too. You can <laughs> keep that on the record. And, um, and I, I wasn't, like, beat, though. You know what I mean? Like, I was fucking spanked when I did something wrong. Like, I, I was like a kid should be. I was spanked. Yeah. It was never traumatic. Yeah, no, that wasn't traumatic. It was, like, I did something wrong, and it wasn't hard. Yeah, exactly. It hurt. Like, I don't know. So, yeah. No. It. It, it just took me so long, dude. Sometimes I wish my family was just, like, fucked up. The real kind of fucked up. So I just knew they were fucked up. And I was just like, I fucking hate everyone. When you don't know anything's fucked up, you just think everything's fucking dandy. I was in complete denial of myself for so long. Because I just wanted to defend my family. I didn't want to think there was anything wrong with them. When I first started therapy, I told my therapist about my family. And she's like, oh, I want you to read this book about parents or whatever. Like, it's going to help you. I read the first chapter, and it was about parents drinking and fighting while kids were listening, and I was like, this isn't what happened in my house. Like, did she, what the fuck is she doing? And I, like, didn't go to therapy for two weeks. I got really mad at her. I was like, this bitch is completely wrong. She doesn't know me. When I went back, I told her, I was like, I got mad at you. And she's like, well, I didn't want you to read that book because of that. She's like, I want you to read the book to see what stems from generations of that kind of shit. Like, I'm not saying... The situations are the are the same, but like the feeling, the it's feeling the are yeah. So did it help you after changing that perspective? Yeah, because I just realized I'm still working to forgive my parents for a lot. So I kind of see it as like a. I'm not saying you were raised in a cult, but it's just that same mindset of anybody who's in a cult is going to think that things are better in the cult yes, than exactly. they are on the outside. Exactly, and that's how I've always. Thought. And it's really recently where, like, like I said, I think we were talking earlier before we started recording about like, how I start noticing I'm doing things, and I'm just, I'm starting to be more aware of myself and my wrongdoings instead of just thinking that everyone else around me is wrong. And what I notice also are things that like my parents would have done to me, like deflecting or diminishing something or taking one thing you say and magnifying it or turning a situation around, thinking everything has to do with them, constantly defending themselves and not letting you feel anything. I was doing all this stuff and it was making me sick to my stomach that I was acting the way that I hated my parents act. And I'm just like, what the fuck is... And then it's just in your head and like, I'm still on the wave of wanting to fix everyone and fix everything. And I was like, oh, if we can all, only all go to therapy or I'll do this or I'll do that. I just think that you just have to realize that people are people and they're not going to change. And then you just need to learn to be okay with it. And that's all life is yes that sums it up so well yeah because people aren't going to change their behavior but if you think about how hard it is to change your own behavior then it's so hard yeah so it's It's the hardest thing yeah so then nobody has enough extrinsic motivation to want to change for somebody else like they can want to change for you but to actually do it they have to want to change themselves exactly but i think it's amazing that you are able to really see that you wanted to heal from that yeah well I just realized how much of my life was ruined because of it how much of my relationships were ruined because of it how much my relationship with myself was ruined because of it I don't even know if I have a relationship with myself because I don't even know if I know how to love anything because I don't know if I was ever loved properly 
I like constantly want to do nice things for people and I'll just tell myself no because they wouldn't done it they wouldn't do it for me. And it's like, why are you being such a bitter bitch? Why don't you be the person who you actually are and like, do these fucking things? But it's hard. I think that you and I were raised in similar settings. Yeah. It sounds like for sure. Everything was taken very personally. So if you did something, it was always a slight to somebody else, whether you meant it to be or not. So that doesn't really give you a lot of leeway to be angry or to be sad or act out because then every time you do, it's taken so personally. So you learn to just not behave. And so that's what I struggle with now is I just shut down. Well, I was like, we would like be told how to behave in certain places. You better... You better do this because everyone's gonna be watching you. Or like, if you're going to this, we're going to this party. Like, don't eat. Like, don't eat these cookies. Don't let anyone see you eating them. Like, and I'll take you. We'll take you to no McDonald's way. afterwards because you don't want to see people. Like, you don't want to be a scustamad or you don't want to make a pig out of yourself, right? In Italian, it'd be like that kind of weird shit. Like, I don't know, just weird things. Like, you can never go out in sweatpants or like you have fucking things hanging from your jeans. You need to cut them off. You don't let people see you like that. So you'd constantly think everyone's looking at you everyone's talking about you if you don't look or act a certain way and god forbid you're in public and there's a string on your pants yeah and there'd be like (laughs) no talk about our personal problems no interest Mm. in our personal shit just surfical shit to where like i remember i remember doing things just to get attention my mom just did it like i remember one time i was sick for school mom's like you're not sick go to school i was like i'm sick and she's like, no, go to school. And I ended up, like, getting sent home with, like, 103 fever. And I remember smiling. And it's so fucked up. But I was like, I fucking told you I was sick. Now you have to leave to come get me with 103 fever because you didn't fucking believe me. And I, you know, and I was never allowed to make my own decisions. So I didn't really have my own autonomy. So I'm very, I'm a very submissive adult because of that. I have that same struggle. Yeah. So just, like, just, like, a boatload of bullshit that, yeah. And it's weird because. When I first started realizing it, I would realize I would act certain ways, but I wouldn't be able to stop it yet. Now, sometimes I can stop it. Yes! Sometimes I don't want to. Sometimes I, like, want to push people to their limits because I want to test people because I don't fucking know what love is. I don't fucking know. But, like, I don't know. Doesn't everyone everyone have their fucking shit, dude? Like, everyone has their shit. But you're figuring it out. Yeah. The fact of you being able to ask those questions or say Am I acting out? Okay, I don't want to stop, or I do want to stop, mm-hmm. or that's amazing because at least now you know. Yeah, and, and you have that ability. And the more times I think you practice stopping, yeah. you may not stop all the time. But for me, the more times you do, the easier it gets. Yes, and it's like draining though. Like it, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm so focused on like, not being this way or like, being better or okay. That I literally withdraw from everything else. Well, I personally feel it's a full-time job. Yeah, it yeah. really is. So when people suggest I should get a second job, well, first of all, art is my second job. But if it's slow, yeah, absolutely, I should get a second job. However, I already have two full-time jobs, in my opinion. Yeah. And then to juggle relationships and everything on top of it. I know. It's really I think I hyper-focus emotionally, too. Like, instead of being like, I'm just going to work on myself, or I'm going to get my job in order, or I'm going like, to figure out a five-year plan and do that, or I'm going like, to focus on my relationship. Like, I would just like, hone in on one thing. And then everything else. And just, yeah, obsess over yeah. it, you know? Like, I think I'm definitely codependent. 
I think I was taught that. And maybe my relationships, not not even just my family. I think maybe my, some of my earlier relationships taught me codependence. Well, also the idea going. of having no please your parents. I mean, yeah. that is the surefire way yeah, to raise like, a codependent. Like, I know my life based on... Like, I know a timeline of my life based on who I was dating. So that just says where my fucked upness is no I get that and I used to my identity would be with the people that I dated and you mentioned a few times that some of your interests or you didn't feel like you had interests or your own personality I don't know how exactly you said it I definitely identify with that so I didn't know that I was good at art until like I was a teenager and I definitely wasn't encouraged to do art if anything, my parents were a little bit confused by it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a little... I felt judgy, but I don't know if I was just projecting. I never had that freedom. And so like, I never developed any kind of personality. I was too afraid to. From high school on, I did date people for long periods of time. And whatever they were interested in, I was interested in. If they liked football, I liked football. Okay. I know I've never... To that level... I think my siblings have. I just, I'll just be like so focused on pleasing that person. Are they okay? Do they have food? Do they need a meal? I think you were saying, like, if they don't text me back, does that mean they don't love me? That's not the first thought. My first thought is they're dead. I'm like, they're fucking dead. They died. It would only happen to me, like, of course. See, and that's the thing that I don't like about myself, because... There have been times where I just thought somebody wasn't texting me back and something did happen to them. And I felt like the biggest asshole in the entire world. And I will say that that is something I've improved upon. Uh As you become an adult, I mean, I think that I realize now there are a lot of reasons why people don't. That's something you that can be built upon. But I think that does come from childhood abandoned yeah absolutely like Like, i'm like are they going away and never coming back yeah like it's like (laughs) i just want constant proof of that someone loves me and if i don't get it i'm gonna test it and i think that's probably a lot of the reasons why my relationships don't work out and i avoid i've avoided that fact about myself for a long time too but how would you ever know and that's the thing too is you were saying your parents didn't really do a good job of helping. I shouldn't, I don't know if that's the right term. But they, of just not anybody, nobody pointed out to you that college applications. Yeah. You didn't have help with that. So you're still figuring that shit out while everybody else is kind of having help with that. And then they, I always think like kids that have parents that help them regulate their emotions. Oh my God, I know. To actually sit down with your child and say, hey, I think you feel sad right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... Like, <laughs> I used to write... I used to write po- poetry and fucked up shit and fucked up lyrics all over my bedroom wall in permanent marker. My parents would come in and yell at me and I'd be like, Mozart did it, he was an artist, whatever. But, like, not once did they read that shit and they were like, is our daughter sad? I know. Like, is she okay? Angela, I cried myself to sleep to the point where, like, nobody could sleep in my house. Yeah. For, like, three years. I know. But I'm like, did nobody think, like, maybe we should take her to a psychiatrist? But I think, like, like I said, I think it's the nurture, too, though, because I think you don't get anything from your parents. I was bullied a lot in high school. It was, like, fucking sad, dude. I fucking thought no one liked me. I know. You know, and that creates a lot of fucking... 
weird shit, especially when you don't look normal, especially when you're fat and gay. Like, that's, it creates a whole other pile of shit. Can we all just agree that high school is a bad social experiment? Yeah. You're just gonna... I think that there are ways that people can probably make it positive and make it a lot better for people, but yeah, it's really, it really doesn't make sense. Everyone in high school, like, Facebook just lets you know that, like, everyone in high school is exactly where you thought they were going to be. Everyone is. Mm -hmm. Literally everyone. So. Facebook, so, (laughs) that changed the game with that. You're putting a bunch of immature, undeveloped minds in a small setting with one teacher, and, and it's just animalistic, and there is bullying, and I had a lot of that, too, and it was a struggle. Yeah, it's fucked up. So, all right, next question. Do you think that there is a link between comedy and mental health? <laughs> well, all comedians are fucked up, 100%. Well, first of all, look at how many of them either kill themselves, joke about killing themselves, or literally view themselves as just a complete piece of shit. I can't tell you that every single time I go on stage, and I know other comedians I know go on stage, you think to yourself, why am I doing this? Nobody wants to listen to me. What the fuck is wrong with me? What the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, why? I'm going on stage to talk about what? Like... (laughs) ironing cheese inside of my fupa like why am I trying to talk to drunk people about this like who do you think you are so I don't know I've always joked about shit that's just how I I make everything into a joke always my whole fucking life and everyone gets mad at me about it and like I'm always that kind of person that well my family and I'm always that kind of person that would be like you know like when people say things for shock you can tell someone's saying it for purpose, like on purpose or not. Like, so everyone's always like, you know, you say that just to shock people or you do this or whatever. And I'm like, no, it's just how I am. I'm not trying to say it to piss you off. So I feel like I just naturally, I don't know. I, sometimes I'm like, am I not as clinically depressed as all the other comedians? But I think I am. <laughs> and like comedy itself is depressing too. There's no roadmap for a career. You can be the most talented person and you can never get anywhere in life. They literally say, like, you could be doing it for 10 years before you even get anywhere. Can you imagine just 10 years of just telling mostly the same jokes or perfecting the same set, changing it slowly over the years? Because they say that the only really, re- the only really way to have a good set or to get anywhere is to just find it, shorten it, tighten it, and just do it over and over and over and over and over again, which I hate. That makes me fucking sick. I'm like, I can't do that. I wouldn't be able. Yeah, so I haven't done it yet, which is probably why I'm still in the fucking same place as I was three years ago. No. But, you know, like, just imagine doing that for just ten years and bars and bars and bars and sometimes hotels, sometimes a movie theater, sometimes a swingers club. But bars and bars and bars and bars and maybe a comedian comes to your town, you beg to get on the show, but you have to sell 30 tickets and then bars and bars and bars and just years and years and years of that. Years of just making $800 a year doing comedy. It's just like, (laughs) and then you're just like, what the fuck? Am I fucking doing this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think comedy, you have the smallest chance of getting anywhere. So I think even the most mentally healthy person can get beat the fuck up doing comedy. And do you think, but do you enjoy it, though? Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) like, if I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't do it. But I think it's just, like, I don't know. Oh, God, I'm going to sound like, I do think I have a bit of a superiority complex sometimes. But only because I feel like I, I, in my head, and if I'm crazy... Sometimes in my head I feel like I am just intelligent enough to just know what is going on on, like, a higher level. 
Absolutely. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't mean like I mean that I just like get it. it. No, that's why people come to pay to go see you because it's funny because we relate to it, and so you're able to see above that and kind of make a joke. Yeah, and like no, well, I don't even mean it in comedy. I just feel like I understand. I don't know. I feel like I understand things, and I feel like I I just am meant. I don't know. Like I don't think I'm good. We'd be good at anything else, honestly. And like I just wanted to do comedy when I was a little kid, and then when I was in high school, I did this. You know, it would it it slowly like evolved, and I was. You know, not good at acting, but I liked being on stage, or you know, not good at this, but you know. And then I, when I did that, I was just like, "Holy shit!" And then one time I messed up, and I never did it again for like six years, which like is another thing like that just shows like how. Are you kind of like that now? No, no, I'm not. But it hurts me because like, well, how I am now is like I put like twenty, thirty percent into what I do, probably because I do feel so frantic and sad and spazzy and just all over the place and yeah but it's better than putting zero percent it is but then you know you look at it and you're like fuck like if I didn't miss out on those six years and I was putting 100 percent in where the fuck would I be and then you hate yourself for it for not putting your all in but you have to think about the things you learned that put you where you're at now no yeah you're right I know it's hard I know it like I struggle with that exact same thing I mean I was just so sick, like, a lot of my life, and so there are times where I felt, yeah, where the fuck would I be now? I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm in a career where I don't know where I'm going, I'm doing this art thing, I don't know where that's going, so I definitely relate to that. It's hard. That's my only solace. I know, and sometimes when you're not, I'm not feeling myself. I haven't done comedy in two weeks. That's Um, what I'm saying, like, I have a show this week, and I was like, I have to go to a mic, like, I have to, because even if I feel like shit, right. even if I do horrible, it like still feels better than doing nothing. And then sometimes you go out and you, cause you're like, I don't want to be here, this, that. And then you go out and you're like, fuck, why don't I do this every fucking day? And then it's hard to live in a city where you can't do it every day too. Absolutely. Because like you think like f- some people live in a city where they can do it like fucking five times a day. That's beautiful. That's a good coping mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, I should do it more, and I should write more, and yeah, It's okay. I think you do it. But it's hard. It it's is fucking hard. hard. Sometimes you need a break, though. I have not painted, literally painted, for two months now. I just don't feel like it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of terrifying. And I wonder if, like, and I haven't even talked about this. I probably should have wrote a question about it. People have mental health, so or mental health issues. So I have, I have physical issues. I'm in, like, chronic pain. All the time. Uh, me too. And that is a mental struggle on its own. And it's funny that I even forget to touch upon it because I push it so far back in my head because I don't even want to be the person that says how I actually feel or complains about it or says, ooh, ow, because I've had, I've had people tell me it's not cancer before. I've had people say fucking shit, so I don't want to fucking make a fucking fuss. I just want to fucking suck it up. Absolutely. So you like, you know, you push it away and then you like, you feel like crap because you're not doing the things that you should be doing right. all day long because like you allowed yourself to stay in bed for an extra hour <laughs> instead of doing this, but like you're a fucking piece of shit now, you know, so. We are so similar. Yeah, I, I'll just say I have IBS and it's just, I recently quit smoking, which means all the difference in the world, but I would be just, I mean, even now they'll just be so sick. There are days where I would have dinner plans and people would, 
like I would have to cancel because I didn't feel well. And then people think you're just blowing them off and then yeah. they get mad and you feel guilty. Yeah. I feel guilty. I, one time this happened with a friend. I got sick and I told them I got sick and they, I felt so bad, but they sent me pictures of like lobster that they made and was like, wow, you ditched out. Like we bought you lobster and I didn't know, first of all, one, that they were even cooking, so I didn't know that there was lobster. And two, I was just so upset because I wanted to be there. Yeah. I didn't not, I wouldn't want to be at home sick, you know, so I do agree with, like, the mental struggle with that and the time. Yeah. Because then sometimes, like, I could be cleaning or I could be, like, working towards goals. Uh-huh. And I, my body is like, no, you need to lay down and not do yeah. anything. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I'll start the day of the day after. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Yes. And the day goes by and I'm just like, I'm so tired. I went to work. I did this. Like, you know, like, I have to force myself to go to an open mic. Maybe if I. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Then you feel like shit when you don't because you know it's the one thing that's going to make you feel so much better about yourself. And then you didn't go and you're like, man, I'm a piece of fucking shit. I'm not even doing what I love. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah. And it just creates a fucking disgusting cycle. Yeah, but it's okay. You gotta rest I know. No, I know. That's what drugs are for. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to talk about that? No. Do you have any final thoughts on comedy and mental health? No. All right, we'll get to the next question. We're all fucked. We're all fucked. That's a great outlook. Which is a great interlude to this question, which is what keeps you holding on? I think comedy. Well, I think thoughts of, like, a future. Not even in comedy. Even just having peace, finally. Like, a house and, like, a family or, like, something that is just mine and not anyone else's. But, I mean, other than that, smoking a blunt at the end of the day is usually what keeps me going. (laughs) I'm like, just get through the sting. You can roll up, put on love after lockup. (laughs) <laughs> what Maybe is order that? Indian. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> Love After Lockup <laughs> is basically a show about these women or men who like write to inmates and like, end up falling in love or possibly getting married and then like films them like, on their it films them like leading up to their release and like when they get out of jail but they never want to get married and they're like you said you were gonna marry me this whole time is like this on a they're streaming buying their story? they're buying their own engagement rings it's fucking it's, it's insane. <laughs> what like. Okay, wait. It's on women's entertainment. Is it on a streaming network? You can probably find it on YouTube. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's so good. That sounds great. <laughs> well, I gotta check that out. So that's good, though. I yeah. like that. I don't ever answer this because I answered it in the first episode. Okay. So go back and watch it if you're interested. Moving right along. You came up with another question, right? Well, I was just going to talk about... I want, well, I wrote it and I scribbled it out. I was just like, do you think homosexuality is a mental illness? Oh, that's a good question. Really? Oh, yeah. My, oh my God, college got so mad at me for asking people if they thought that. Because I said, don't you think that people who, people who are bipolar, like their brain, they're not normal than, they're not like normal people, right? So their brain's wired differently. Right. It's not their fault. Mm-hmm. Yada, yada. Most people are interested in men. Or, well, women are interested in men, yeah, yeah, whatever, the opposite sex. So if you're interested in the same sex, and that's just how you're born, isn't it that your brain must be rewired a different way? So, in a sense, your brain isn't, quote-unquote, normal, or the norm, or what is standard. And then also, I feel like 
when your brain isn't wired correctly, you're more susceptible to those wires jumping things. A lot of homosexual people are susceptible to mental illness. So, like, is it because... Or a lot of people with mental illness are susceptible to more than one mental illness, whatever. So is that part of the brain being wired different ways? Or is it just... Like, if a brain's wired a different way, it could be wired another different way. Or is it really just, like, the whole nurture thing anyway about the about gays and mental illness because, you know fucking people pick on us. They're treated terribly. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah, or both. I, like, just wonder that. Or maybe it's just because I don't know what it's like to be proud and gay. So I feel like it's wrong. So much to unpack. You feel like it's wrong? Absolutely. Well, no. You can, I mean, be honest. Like, I was raised to believe it was wrong. And I have, my, my, my parents still aren't okay with it. My mom says she is. My dad says he wouldn't come to my wedding if I got married. So my thing is just I can never feel I'm good enough for my parents and a lot of my family members. And I know I can just be like, oh, like, fuck you. Who gives a shit? I get it. Being raised Catholic, there's always a thought in, your, in the back of your head that you're just not. And not only that, it's like you love your family, you want to be around them, but you know. The person you're with is never going to be accepted or treated the same way as everyone else's boyfriends. and Or it's like, am I just viewing it that way? Or should I, am I just caring too much and I shouldn't care? And it's just all this fucking shit. And like, yeah, there's a lot of weight for me to being gay. I don't... If my girlfriend tries to hold my hand in public, I will let go after a certain amount of time. Interesting. Yeah. I feel awkward. I feel like someone's going to shoot me or beat me up. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's weird. I don't That's know why. That's terrible. I know. I know. It's because that means you're on constant alert. I mean, only when I'm, like, super intimate, maybe. Like, I'll go on stage and feel free to announce it as well. Like, I don't care if anyone knows I'm gay. True. It's not like that. It's just, like, I feel like, am I morally wrong? Is it really morally wrong? Or also just going about knowing. Like, it's the same thing as being fat. Like, you're walking around knowing mm-hmm. that there's people in the world that don't think it's okay to be how you are. The awareness of that is stomach-turning. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. I mean, it's hard enough to figure out relationships without that on top of it. I know. So I wanted... So going back to the, the your brain-wired different kind of thing... I feel like people. I feel like people get upset that I said that, like about it being like... No, I think it's a good... I think it's a good discussion. That's how you feel, and you're gay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it would I be different if I came and was like, hey, Angelia, I think you might have... Yeah, you I know. just feel like, obviously... I, I, I understand, like, what you mean about the mental illness with the... But I just don't see it that way. I know, and maybe that's just because I'm warped. But I knew somebody, I knew somebody that had a family that was very religious, and they had... Somebody close to them send them an email without, like, Bible verses of why they were wrong. That happens to me. And, yeah, and and she had said to me, you know, they're right. Like, they're right. And I was shocked to hear that. I have a close friend who was raised Catholic, and they are with the same sex and whatever and love it, but they won't get married because they believe it's a sin. I don't feel that way. I feel like if there's a God... God would be more upset at the parents that abandon the children they're supposed to love than people who 
are loving other people and being good citizens or whatever. Person like, you know. Yeah. Personally, I, if, and I don't, I can't tell you what is going on in your head, yeah. but personally, I would say that you have a higher self that knows deep down that what is happening isn't wrong. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's just years of trauma yeah. and being told. Exactly. But so going back to what I was saying about, you know, my parents been like, people are going to watch or like, don't eat this or don't wear this or don't, you know what I mean? So I constantly think everyone's judging me. So if the basic society is, or like depending on where you live, is like a lot of people aren't okay with like certain things, PDA when it's homosexual, like that's in my head and I'm just like super aware, conscientious yeah. of what everyone else's needs are right. or whatever, what will make everyone else comfortable rather than what I want or what I, my life is. I care more about putting on a good presentation. Well, it's not that I care about it, it's that I was raised though. that way. I was yes, raised, I was just going to say, your parents and the cookies. Of course, you're like yeah. worried about having a presentation. Yeah. You know, even people are going to mad at me. They're like, why do you care so much about your weight? Or why do you do this? Or like, you don't act like you do. But why do you actually? Because I know that society isn't okay with it. It's not that I think everyone's not okay with it. But I know that most people look at you like you're not fucking normal. And I just, I'm always aware of it. Constantly. Yeah. And it's just like a weird thing. It's hard. To be aware of all yes. the time. Yeah, it's, it's exhausting. Like, so exhausting. I feel like I spend so much time worrying about, am I behaving the right way? Am I upsetting somebody? Mm -hmm. Am I being a good person? Am I acting out? That I, it is exhausting. And then the minute you don't think about that, you do act up. And then uh -huh. it just starts it all over yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely see that. Well, thank you for sharing that all with me. I think we have one more question. But I don't know what I did with it. Oh. So, how do you cope with tough mental health days? And what do they look like for you? So, a bad mental health day would be like, maybe like I'm feeling emotional about something. Because I'm emotional, maybe I need some type of validation that I don't know where to get it from or I can't get it from where I'm trying to get it from. Maybe I start a fight because of that or pick on people, whether it's with my friends, my sister, my relationship. And um, then I just throw myself into a disgusting spiral because I realized that I started something because I was feeling bad about myself and I made everyone else like, try to cater to me and then just get pissed off to it. And like, I just literally started a shit storm and then I get mad and sad. And then I'm like, now people really don't like me. That's usually 70% of the time what starts it and like wow. what most of my bad days are like, which is weird, which shows how really codependent on other people I am in a way. How do I cope with it? I cry a lot. I've cried through work. I'll cry in my office when I had an office. I, I cry all the time at my desk. Yeah, I cry. Yeah, I cry a lot. And then usually what I do is I realize that I'm sabotaging myself. And I take a Xanax, I take a hot shower, I put the TV on, I take another half a Xanax, and I knock myself out for 12 hours. And I wake up feeling better. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say. No, I'm I have glad to medically that there subdue myself. There's nothing that, like, you're saying that's wrong. Yeah, I told like, my therapist, she's like, I don't think that's healthy that you just, like, have to put yourself down, you know, like, because you don't want to feel. And I was like, I'm, I'm telling you that I know that I'm in a state of acting, like, because this is, this is what I do and I've done. Like, this is one of my major problems. Like, I will create a problem because I'm feeling a certain way and I want someone else to fix it. I don't want to fix it. I want someone else to fix it. And when no one else fixes it, 
because I'm acting like an eight-year-old kid who needed someone to fix things for them, I get mad and I throw a tantrum. And I'm smart enough in my head to realize that the feelings I'm feeling aren't real, that they're imaginary, yeah, and that right. I'm creating problems. So if my choice is to fucking put myself to sleep until I can calm down, then that's what I need to do. Because if I don't, and by the time I even have made the decision to do that, I've already done enough damage. It's already, like, 10-point damage, like... I understand. Like, life resolved, like, I need to go. Right. I need to go to bed. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and I can't... And I'm the kind of person that my thoughts are going to be racing so hard that I can't... Yeah. I can't just lay down and go to bed. I can't put a podcast on and chill oh, out. Oh, like, I can't, yeah. I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, I need yeah, yeah. to knock myself out. Well, it's okay to have, like, a medication. I'm thinking, like, the link between... You said in childhood you had to act out to get any Absolutely. kind of attention so yeah. of course that's gonna be the way that like you've learned to act yeah I and i don't so. know how to i'm trying to learn to be mature about it and to take things like, calmly and like, even like, the steps i'm making now i'm very hormonal i'm very needy my girlfriend is very hormonal she's very angry like if i was to go to her and try to get what i need right now there's gonna be a problem so instead of i was just like I'm going to stay away. And it hurts me because I'm needy and I miss her. My hormones are crazy. That's That could be a whole... I think PMDD is a real thing. I oh, think it's I an absolutely it. real deal thing. And I thought of taking Selexa Really? Yeah. I've thought about taking Selexa for it for a long... Mm-hmm. At least, like, ten years. Yeah. Because, like, you can take it, like the beginning of your period or Yeah, whatever. I heard that. But I'm, like... It's, like, one of those when people say, like, they know they're doing something wrong, but they can't stop. That's how I am. Well, it's But it's, like, manic for, like, five days before I get my period. Um, Crying. I, yeah, ridiculous. Like, no. It's brutal. It is, and it's so sad. Like, I, luckily, am only hormonal the day before, and I hate saying this because I know other people aren't. Yeah. But, and I know people very close to me that have PMDD, and I know it's a very real thing. And it makes sense that it's a real thing. Your hormones are real. But even just in the day before I have my period... I am irrationally upset, and even though I know it, I still, like, believe uh-huh. every thought that I yep. have in my head. Like, I can ruin lives if I don't have That's that That's how I am. It's, like, yeah. either, like, intense sadness or just, like, I'm so irritable that like, I will look to pick a fucking right. fight or, like, fight with a stranger on the street. I love going out and cursing at strangers on the street or on the grocery store so I just know <laughs> I'm taking my anger on someone else. My girl was always, like, stop being mean to people. I'm, like, would you rather it be you? She's, like, no. One time this guy from college that I had one class with sent me an email kind of suggesting that we would be a thing and I I don't even know what happened but I basically said something he wasn't happy about and he got really rude to me and it was just so quick and I was like why is he freaking out on me but I took that chance to just lay it out on him. Like, I was like, well, this is a stranger that just picked a fight with me, basically, so I'm going to use this as my therapy. Yeah. And then I just, like, let it all fly. Mm -hmm. So I get that. I mean, I don't think it's, like, I don't know. I shouldn't do that, but, you know. I drive around looking for kids that aren't recycling, just so I can roll them in my window and call them little shits. Sometimes I think that's why, like, people comment on things on the internet. Maybe. It's (laughs) it's probably wildly satisfying. Yeah. I just, like, don't want people to, like, click on my shit and start, I don't know. Yeah. Plus, I don't... Yeah. But, yeah, no, I... Also, just saying, I admire the fact that you just say whatever is on your mind. Really? Yeah, I really do. Okay. It gives me inspiration. Really? Yeah, there are times where I have been like, I want to post this, and I will, no lie, think of you and be like, okay, well, 
Angelia posted this, so you yeah. post that. I try, <laughs> and I also try not to be too personal, though, but then sometimes no, I feel like funny. I do, I get, like, sometimes I get, like, crazy. I think when you messaged me about this podcast, I was having a bad day, and I posted, like, two cryptic statuses, and, like, you're like, you want to be on my mental health podcast? So, like, no, basically, you said something about, like, who wants to smoke a, did you say smoke? I don't know. Maybe, yeah, probably. You're like, who wants to smoke and think about deep issues and stare into space and have discussions, and I was like, this sounds perfect for my podcast. Yeah. So then I did reach out to you, but, like, in hindsight, I feel like I was super overwhelming. No, it's funny. No, it's funny, because, no, I was just, like, crying that day, and I was like, no, we'll go for I know. I know. Okay, so now that we defined a bad mental health day, so oh yeah, you did define. So you take the Xanax and go to bed. That's how I cope with it. That's good though. I mean, other than that, sometimes I'll go to yoga. I'll do like restorative yoga if it's not that bad. Like if it's like in the middle. Like if I'm not that bad, if I'm just like stressed, I'll try to do that. I'll try to take my mind off it. Like, but do you see progress from like where you were when you first realized you had this behavior to like where you are now? Therapy helped a lot. Yeah. It's therapy. I think everyone should go to therapy. Yeah. Everyone. Unless you're not fucked up, but that's not true. If you have bro- <laughs> if you have red blood, red blood cells in a fucking brain <laughs> and two parents birthed you, you're fucked up. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> so, yeah. I was, like, saying, like, you know how people have that meme? I wish I could pull it up. You know how people have that meme where it's like, oh, haunted house idea? Yeah. And, like, it's this, that. And I'm, like, yeah. literally, like, life is a fucking haunted house. You know what I mean? Like, Things two people birth you and, like, they're literally responsible for shaping all your fucking emotions, making sure you're okay and like, that you're not, like, too fucked up. All you can do when you grow up is just get a job and work. We have to use all your money to pay fucking dumb bills. You can't really ever go on vacation. Maybe you have enough money for drugs, but everyone's going to judge you for fucking using them anyway. It's just a fucking shithole. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just, and then you just sit around until you die. You know, and it's not a haunted house. It's what we're actually doing right this second. Yeah. Like, my student loan just came out, and, like, Ugh. what the fuck? It's, it's terrible. Just, it's just, terrible. we should just end on that. Mental health, student loans. Talk about mental health. General connection. My mental health is, like, a stack of cards, and my and student loans are, like, a huge weight just dropped on them. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can't even. I just, like, I don't even know. I feel like I've, that's one of the things I've shoved so far I shove out of everything. my mind that I just am, like, you know, whatever. I remember somebody on my past job asking me, like, what are you going to do about this? It was, like, some guy that was, like, in his mid-50s and had had a very privileged life, and he's like, what are you going to do? Like, you have so much debt. And I was like, dude, I'm going to die anyway. I'm just going to enjoy it while it lasts. And he was worried for me to the point where he came back the next time. He's like, I think you should think about this more. I'm like, what do you want me to think about? There's n- The numbers don't add up. It's crazy. No, there was a time I was so concerned about my finances when I was working at the bank, and, yeah. like, that's all I cared about. I was like, I'm just going to get my credit good, and I'm going to have a good life and all this shit. And then I got sick, and then just my bills piled up. Do I eat? Do I keep my lights on? Or do I pay this credit card That's bill? Or do I, I do this? And now yeah. I'm just like, fuck these credit card bills. Fuck you. Like, fuck all of you. I'm not fucking, what? No, I'm not paying it. I know. Like, I don't That's have I money. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. I need tires. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. I am paying my student loans. I mean, it's That's hard. It. Like, I want to be, but a lot of times it's the choice between eating and 
yeah, paying your student yeah. loans. And I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, I'm going to eat. And like so, I, yeah, I know. And like I just, no, I'm just going to, I'll go into a wormhole. But yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah. So, all right. Well, aside from that, do you have anything else that you would like to add? No, I mean, like I feel like I just went to a therapy session. This week's mental health recommendation is a YouTube channel called Yoga with Adrian. It's a uh, it's basically a yoga class that you can get through your phone or your smart TV, basically anywhere that you have YouTube, which these days seems to be everywhere. The reason I recommend that is because yoga is very helpful in relaxing a lot of people, and it helps with their anxiety. But it's not always possible to afford to go to a class or even to want to leave your house to go to one. She is very in tune with her mental health. She discusses it related to yoga. And it's something you can do anywhere, anytime. Thanks, guys. If you like the show today, remember to like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you're on Apple Podcasts, If you could leave me a review, that would help as well. You could also leave a review on the Facebook page, How We Get By. I would love to hear from you if you benefited from the show or have any comments at all. Thank you, and have a great week.